Word on the street. I'm screaming, fuck the other side. Put my finger on the trigger, real niggas never die. La da da. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, start your engines, please. Rum, rum. Now, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Randy Chu, aka Mr. Chu, on that. Um, we are back in full of physic. Uh, Lady J, smack your microphone. Keep, keep smacking. Smack it. Smack. It's not talking. It's not talking. It's not talking. It's not talking. Hello, hello, hello. Wake it up. Wake it up for me. Why isn't it not talking? Why isn't it not talking? I am so upset. I am very mad at this microphone right now. For it is not talking. Ladies and gentlemen, my special guests are on the way. Um, they should be here shortly. In the meantime, in between time... I'm going to mic Lady J up with a different microphone. Yes. Yes. Can you say different microphone much? Different microphone much. <laughs> cool. Uh, in the meantime, in between time, we do have uh, my other co-hosts along with us. DT's in the house. DT, what's going on? Good morning. <laughs> What's how, going on? How are you guys? Uh, we are fine. Um, <laughs> I guess. Um, not sure. Uh, how your week was though? How was your week? My week was beautiful. It was good. Ooh, sorry. Good, good. It was good. <laughs> oh, I see. It was very, very yeah. good. That's good. Um, what you getting to this week? I had a really great show yesterday. I hope people will tune in. Go to my mobile app, The Men's Advocate, and uh, listen if you if you missed it. But we had on Dr. Warren Farrell, and we debunked the equal pay myth. The equal? Oh yes, that's right. Myth. Yes. Ah, uh, it was a juicy topic. Because, you know, a lot of times girls say one thing, but they really mean another. Uh -oh. So they, they stand on their soapbox screaming about equal pay, equal pay, equal pay. Uh -huh. But really the issue is not about equal, equal pay at all. What's, What's it about? 
they want pregnancy security. They want to know if they have a kid that that the employer will not toss them out on their ear and they will still have a job when they come back. That's really what it's about. So we talked about that and a lot of other things. Wow. Like is it okay, is it okay to just demand equal pay just because of your gender? Like Ooh. come on, put in the work. The guys have to put in the work. Ooh. Otherwise they would they would be fired too. You gotta put some effort into it. You gotta get your education. You can't sit at your desk and do nothing. Right. Sooner or later the guy they're gonna fire you. Right? Mm. This is very true. So, very true. You can't be demanding if there's no effort on the other end, you know? Wow. I call it the lottery mentality. The lottery mentality. (laughs) They just want to sit back, win the lottery ticket, get that free money going, and they don't want to put in any of the effort. Nice. Have have lots of luck with that. That's why it hasn't passed in 40 years. Mm. Nice, nice. (sighs) DT is always destroying something. But the good thing is, when women put in the effort, they make more money than the men. That's always. Because now you have the skill set, and women have more verbal communication skills, so they got it going down. That's so be- the girls that wake up and figure this out, they make more than the men. That's because men want to see that monkey <laughs> when we working. What monkey? Right, we want to see that monkey. I can't deal oh, with you. You know what I mean? When we working, we want to see that thing nice and spruced up. The monkey. The monkey. <laughs> if you want equal pay, ladies, listen. This is what you got to do. You got to give the boss man a glimpse of that monkey. All right? I'm sorry, DT. I had to say wow. that. No, no harm in looking. Um, touch the merchandise. Hey, according to our president, I can grab her. <laughs> Shoot, playing with me. <laughs> um, by the way, before Lady J gets into her current events, um, I just want to say that uh, Lady J, say something real quick. Good morning. Okay, cool. Does that work? Yeah. Okay. Um, Ooh. Can you hear her, DT? Am I loud, DT? Yeah. Good. Awake and present. Oh, stay woke. um, Microphone's coming through nice and clear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I do want to do this. I want to say that my son had his uh, first soccer game last Saturday, right? And as I was going to the car to get the blanket for my youngest son, I looked over and I saw someone struggling. And I laughed. Yes, it is. Ladies and gentlemen, Ooh. shout what out to name her. <laughs> She's a big Beasley bear looking. But we called her something else. I, I don't know what remember. we call All I know is I was excited to see her struggle. Wait. As she tried to Wait. sit down in that small picnic chair. <laughs> that bent under the pressure of her gut. Can we really? I'm just saying. Can we? How are you gonna be oh. ugly, fat, and have an attitude? 
<laughs> you losing. She watching the game. She watching the game. Listen, I feel I feel sorry for your mother. Mm, um, that, that was one monkey you didn't want to look at. No, no, that was not a monkey. <laughs> that was a King Kong. <laughs> Shoot, talking about some daggone monkey. Uh-huh. Ooh, I don't know. I and the, and the sad part is she has a child. Like, who would reproduce with that? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What's that mean? That was. That oh, well, she got to die someday. Everybody got to have some love. Yeah. Oh, hey, not for me. Well, you know, it ugly might. people. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to even go online and say this. I remember when I was so fed up with dating, like, cute guys because they used to think they was the stuff. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try to date an ugly guy. And you know what? It I dated work. the ugly guy. He started to feel himself because he was with a beautiful girl. So, listen. Oh, my gosh. Ugly people need He was a cool dude, but ugly people need love. So, two things we've learned about <laughs> Lady J from the Chew on that show is that you can't have a small package. <laughs> And you can't be ugly. Ladies and gentlemen, Lady J is high maintenance. She's very high maintenance. You wrong. I just want to say that. I will uh, be a little bougie, though. I will take that. She bad and bougie. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> wrong, wrong. Um, anyway, let's get into some Lady J current events real quick before uh, we get our guest on the, on the line and all that. Listen, um, yeah, today's show is going to be amazing. I just want everyone to know that. And shout out to everyone who don't like what I say. Um, go to your nearest Walmart, uh, purchase a shotgun. Uh, they, I believe the shells are there also. You can find them at your local pawn shop. And uh, cut that joint back, shoot yourself. Anyway, Lady J, current events, baby, talk to me. Well, since you're talking about Walmart, let's go there. Mm. So, you know, I know a lot of people are on, like, the healthy kick and eating, like, fruits and vegetables and salads and whatnot. I'm glad they are. But I guess, you know, Walmart is hip to the new health app. They had their salads, but a couple people opened up their Caesar salads or fresh salads, whichever one it was, and found pieces of dead bats. What? Yes. Dead bats was in their salad. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I had to take the vest off on this one. Hell no. What? Of those uh, items off of the shelves right now. Oh my gosh! But, uh, wow. Be careful what you eat. All wow. Right? <laughs> you know what? Hold on. Keep talking. I want my guest to. I want my guest to, to chime in on the on the. Uh, on, on the Walmart. Yeah, yeah. On the. Uh, so so have a seat over there, young man. They can't see you right now. I love and have her. a seat over there, ladies and gentlemen. My guests have arrived. Well, they've been here, but um, <laughs> I'm going to have them sit in on the current events. So um, yeah. Go ahead. Grab a seat. Grab a seat. Yeah, we ain't nothing but hey, ghetto John, around here. Hey, Good to see you. I'm gonna get you set up real quick. Okay, so 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 say the Walmart thing again, so I so our special guest can chime in on that because I that's hilarious. <laughs> so basically, we were talking about people being on a health kick, and Walmart, you it's know, it's our current events, by the way. <laughs> Walmart has it so that people can purchase like salads, fruits, and everything. Well, this past week, a couple people purchased, like, the pre-packaged salads and found dead bats. Dead bats, my name. Dead bats in the salad. Piece dead of bats. The, yeah, so we, you got to be cautious of what you eat. <laughs> um, no more salads from Walmart for me. Well, I dad sure wasn't going to eat no salad from Walmart anyway. 
I don't got nothing healthy in my diet whatsoever. Don't plan on adding nothing healthy. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I don't plan on it. As you sip your diet coke. As my my diet coke and my coffee. You know what I'm saying? I'm, Double caffeinated. Yeah. I need you. <laughs> Go ahead. Give me some more current events, Lady J. Well, the next one, I'm going to save the best one for last. Okay. But, you know, I was, you know how, like, you always, I don't know if you guys, but when you were a kid, like, did you like that you wanted to drive? You wanted to start out driving oh, yeah. early? Of course. I know my uncle used to take me and my sister driving. But this kid in Ohio, he got so mad at his father that he wouldn't take him and his sister to McDonald's. He stole the car. <laughs> What? And went to the drive-thru at McDonald's to order him and him. Over McDonald's, my nigga? Over McDonald's. He was eight. <laughs> DT, do, I mean, what can we say about this? I mean, uh, is McDonald's got cracking in or something? I mean, who, <laughs> the chicken nuggets, dude. <laughs> what would you do if that was your child? Ooh, I'd big smack him. Hey, say ooh again. That was hot. You know what? Ooh. Oh my god! You know what? I wouldn't want to know if he paid cash or credit, cause <laughs> you hey, my my man probably robbed McDonald's though. Give me all your burgers and nuggets and fries. And who took the order? Can you imagine the eight year old? Um, excuse me, mom. This is my private area. Your mom cannot come in here and disrespect my private area like this. Okay? That little kid. DT. Was you like that when you grew up? Mm, no, that's the little angel. Oh, that's a lie. Oh, that's, wrong. Oh, that's a lie. Mean, no. Just a little to the right. No, no, no. You wasn't no angel. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you think DC was an angel, please call in the number of dollars, 563-999-3098. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now because I, I was, was about like, to say she didn't get the back then. Oh, so you're getting it's all coming out. So wait a minute. <laughs> uh oh. Her bad girl had to come out. She's a bad girl. So ladies and gentlemen, what DT is saying is she was not handling out nothing until she got in her adult years. That's right. <laughs> get out. Of, it's like it's like a Catholic school girl syndrome, right? You're all regimented, and then you get out. It's like whoo. It well it depends I'm on what generation. Because it was a lot of Catholic freaks. <laughs> I was about to say, the, the schoolgirls were the worst. Uh, no, the priest was the worst. Oh, wait. Uh-oh. <laughs> Sitting wait, there Paul. sodomizing them boys. Paul, yeah. Ain't no Paul. The Pope, too. That nigga gay, too. Come Shout on. out to the Pope, man. And all booty holes he has affected. <laughs> Continuing on, Lady J. Go ahead. Well, speaking of the Pope and the priest, so <laughs> this one got me this today. But I'm not sure if you guys heard of um, these uh, Christians who took over um, a Lutheran church in Denver. Okay. So the church is called the International Church of Cannabis. Oh, and praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Preach. Go ahead. They're developing the Ministry of Elevation. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Jesus. With um, uh, smoking as much marijuana as you want. Yes, God. <laughs> Woo. So, now, I want to attend that um, church. Do we have the address to that church? It's in Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. Uh -huh, What's the International it? Church of Cannabis. The, oh, the International <laughs> oh, Church. And it's international. Too, it's right? international, too. Right. So, the Ministry of Elevation where you can 
come and smoke as much marijuana as you would like. Yes, Lord. So I figured, Randy, you would love that since you like to go in the cave. Listen. <laughs> I love the fact that we are expanding our understanding. <laughs> and the best way to do that is with marijuana. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I was like, Kate, are you serious, though? This is what we've come to, a whole international church of cannabis, though. Hey, 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 hey. Is this what happens when you legalize smoke marijuana? smoke weed every day. You can build a church upon it? Listen, this is what they did. They locked up a bunch of black people for having weed. Then they legalize it so they can make billions of dollars off of it. Hmm. Genius. Genius. And now the church has got a hold of it. Another robber. Genius. <laughs> a round of applause for those who divide and conquer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> this has got to be your best news story yet. Yes. <laughs> to put a plaque up or something. Right. International Church of Cannabis. Right. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, I am on a quest to find a picture of DT when she was younger to post all on the internet, and I want it to go viral when it does. Man, DT was... I'm pitching her holding um, Smoking a hot. teddy bear in her hand no. with a white dress, some yellow shoes, I pitch and some it, I picture DT with, oh. them, with, them, with them Daisy Duke shorts on, Wait. standing up to splaying that monkey you, with some hard liquor in her hand by a please pool. Please, get your liquor. <laughs> Am I lying, DT? I feel like he has completely pulled on the energy of all the people in this room right now. <laughs> it did happen. Ladies and gentlemen, my vibe game is strong. Oh, um. Well, you got anything else, Lady J? No, that was it. My three curtains for the day. All right, listen. We're gonna take a quick commercial break, and when I get back, we're gonna introduce the guest for the day. Today's topic: financial intelligence, generational wealth building, and all that you need to know to stop being stupid with your money. Yes, Lord. God dang! I got some geniuses with me. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be a banger! So when I come back. The Chew on That Show shall commence. In the meantime, in between time, grab yourself something to drink and all that good stuff, and we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Never die. Uh, I know you see me. I 
know you say me. I know you say me. I know you say me. I know the real never die. La da da, la da da. It's a lie. Never been a fuck nigga, I don't give a fuck nigga, let me know what's up, put the run up in shit. I'm a nigga solid, I'm a nigga body, we gon' keep it street, I'm a nigga solid. Call my nigga hard, make her put him in the trunk, fuck with these niggas, talk we can really get it poppin'. I'm from John, bro, they know what's up, all my niggas real, so they know what's up. And all I'm smokin' on is the loud, so all my niggas, they rollin' up. What up, Snoop? You ain't gotta say no more, I got it, swear to God, I put that on my fucking pocket. My granny in the grave, but I bet she lookin' down up in the sky like it is high, my granny's fly. Man, I swear to God, it's me, man, I do this for my Nigga, I already know I put this on coupe, nigga, he rest in peace Any nigga fuck with me, or any nigga in my sucker I'ma kill your stupid ass, go fuck a bitch and roll up purple R.I.P. Lil' Snoop I'm screaming fuck the other side with my finger on the trigger Real niggas never die, la da da Real niggas never die Uh, I know you see me I know you see me, I know you see me, I know you see me, I know the real never die. La da da, la da da. Catch you out in traffic, it's you and I. Go 41 in the suit and tie. Nigga, it's do or die. See now. If I lose it all, like who will ride? But nigga, I'm so up if I trip, it's like. Was the love real? Was you real? Uh. Yeah. And we was taught to hate our own kind. And you can hate on me, homie, you picked the wrong time. Cause it's a long line, and lately I've been all grinding. If nobody want work, I'ma do it all fine. But when that money all mine, I know they gon' cross sides. Cause niggas, they be jumping fast. I just call it all sides with all eyes and all eyes against me. I'ma chase my dreams, and I won't let my pride convince me. And throw it all away, cause I was trying to be too friendly. And be loyal to niggas that never did nothing for me. Y'all gave to me through this pain, all this rain that I walked through. And I remain still the same, but it's my fault too. Cause I showed niggas the light when it was dark too. Which meaning I let them skip the beginning and I start new just like I did. And they say if you ain't earn it, you gon' probably burn it. And I seen niggas take the money over how you learn it. And you can't teach nobody nothing, they ain't trying to learn it. If it was about fucking bitches rolling up, trying to burn it. We could've did that in a trap and it been all that. Since niggas love the hood so much, I let them fall back. I used to book the jet. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the building. It's your boy Randy Chu, aka Mr. Chu on that. I have my guest. Um, but before I introduce my guest, I just want to say thank everyone for been supporting the show, been listening to us, been watching us, been doing our thing. Um, also, um, just want to say that uh, to all fat, obese women, uh, there is a local. Planet Fitness, LA Fitness, or something by you. Please motivate yourself to do better um, because don't nobody want to see you struggling getting inside your chair uh, at your kid's soccer game. Moving on. I can't deal with you. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Listen. Today's topic financial intelligence, generational wealth building. And how to let you know to stop being stupid with your money. <sighs> well, people are stupid with money. Anyway, 
Of course, you know it's me, the host, Mr. Chu on that. I got my co-host with me, Lady J. Holla at the people. Good morning, everybody. It's your girl, Lady J. I'm here. I missed last week. Yes, you did. You missed last week. Um, how's that Ebola treating you? Did you get any, um, <laughs> you did you get cured? I mean, Maddie Johnson got a cure for AIDS. I'm Lady J can get a cure for I'm, Ebola, I'm right? Cured. Oh, okay. <laughs> and of course, you know, all the way on the West Coast in Hollywood, we got Linda DT, aka the men's advocate in the building. Good morning. Now, Mike. Okay. Oh, Lady J, we missed you. I know. I know. I missed. Listen, it. last last week I was vibing and everything. She missed it, didn't she, DT? Uh oh. Yep, I did. Yes. I'm feeling a little pain in my heart. Oh. Oh. Well, come here, baby. Let me hold you. <laughs> Wait. You, you talking to Auntie like? I can. I can caress. Listen, she's not my aunt right now. When I'm talking like that, she's not my aunt. <laughs> Shoot. Thing. Um, and of course, you know I have my guests for today's show. I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves um, and give a brief discussion on what they do before we jump into the questions and the topic. But I just want to say um, this show is going to be fun, but it's going to be serious because um, I feel like this topic is overlooked. Um, it's degraded. It's devalued. And yet the elites and the people in power use it, and that's how they're winning. Um, and I wanted to bring this topic up because these two young men um, know what they're talking about, and I trust them. If, if anybody who follows the Chew on that show, I trust these dudes. So listen to them. Hit them up. I'll have all their links and stuff posted on the bio after the show. They'll give it out during the show, all that. Anyway... Introduce yourselves. Whoever want to go first, go first. Hey, good morning. Uh, Damian Tucker. Uh, you know me, all about generational wealth, all about uh, black empowerment uh, in, in my community. Uh, you can find me at uh, at Sense, uh, C-E-N-T-S, on Instagram. And you can find me on Facebook at Damian Tucker, D-A-M-I-A-N, Tucker, T-U-C-K-E-R. Good morning, everybody. You got Andre Crawley here. Uh, regional Vice President with Prime America. Um, you can follow me just simply on Facebook, man. Every day I'm sending out positive thoughts, positive messages. I'm here to talk about generational wealth and financial intelligence this morning. Wow, I love that they, these dudes are professional, boy. I'm trying to tell you, boy. They spit that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, okay, gentlemen, real quick. How long have y'all been working in the financial business? Financial industry, should I say? Services, all that. For me, 21 years. 21 years, Andre? Okay. What about you, Damien? Um, I'm 36 years old. I bumped into Andre about 18 years ago, uh, around the tender age of 18 years old, fresh out of high school, no backgrounds in uh, the accounting or finance or anything like that. Um, he basically took me underneath his wing, okay. educated me on uh, how money works, the right, importance right. of real estate, how right. to build equity and things of that sort. Uh, so we, we've been uh, pretty much inseparable since uh, I met him 18, 20 years ago. Wait, 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 wait. So you mean to tell me that you met another black man who didn't come to you talking about fast money and hoes? Right. He came to you talking about finances, building a legacy real estate. Right. How to handle money. Right. 
I'm, I'm originally from New York, so wow. Okay, um, growing up in Harlem, you know, people of, of our of, of of our people, we we normally don't own property. Yeah, especially in the city of New York. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was complete foreign language to me when he said that I could own my house, uh, that you can own the business. So that's my first really understanding of equity and how it worked. Wow, wow, Dre, do you recall that experience? Oh, definitely. Um, when you think about it, Damien reminded me so much of myself back then. Just to share a story, like when, when we first got together, we would talk about finances and money. We were going to like 7-Eleven. Okay. And I'm sure he don't mind me sharing this. We were going to 7-Eleven. And, you know, I go in and ask him, do he want, want something from 7-Eleven? He didn't drive. I was driving. And then we would get back in the car, and he would pull out like snicker bars and stuff that he stole. <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked him if he wanted something. He'd tell me no. no. And so we get in the car, and, I was, and I'm saying to him, you don't have to do that no more. Wow. Mm. Like, but that's what I'm used to doing. I'm right, right. Having to go get what I want, however I got to do it, and I'm saying, but you don't have to do that no more from this day forward. Wow. Mm. Just remember that. Wow. That was that. That started the whole process. It was. It starts with the mind. We talking about generational wealth. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not really. A, it's a mindset. That's yeah. really what it is. Yeah, so yeah. That's what we had to start. You can't put yourself in situations where the wealth that you could create gonna get stolen because of a candy bar or something like that. Now you got something on your record. Mm. So. And they definitely. You said something that was key, Andre. Um, Generational wealth. What is that? I've been hearing that going around a lot. And can y'all define what is generational wealth? What what is it? What does it look like? Like in detail, though. Like, explain it. Um, because a lot of young brothers that have children now don't even have this concept in their head. And so that's why I would like for you guys to explain it. Um, because a lot of a lot of my fan base, yeah, I have I have a diverse of fan base, and um, but my root fan base is in the urban inner city communities um our people black folks and a lot of them that are trying to do good have no clue what the heck generational wealth is how to even get started so can y'all dive into that for a little bit yeah yeah i'll start off um again in, in my personal opinion generational wealth is so much more than just an inheritance of you know, ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars. Generational wealth is is something uh, that's that's built over a number of generations. Um, okay. Uh, obviously, uh, most generational wealth for people who have it um, is not something that you build in a lifetime. So that's why it's, you know you build it over generations. People okay. Like uh, Oprah, uh, Tyler Perry, those people who who have gotten I don't want to say lucky, but work diligently and got movie deals or got TV shows have built generational wealth uh, within one lifespan. Right, but right. The type of generational wealth that you and I speak of is a generational wealth that could be passed down uh, from one father to a son, yeah, to yeah. a grandson, and so on and so forth. Um, it's not uncommon in America for anyone to have a goal to uh, retire with close to a million dollars. So uh, 
uh, I, I would say anything north uh, of a half a million to uh, over a million dollars would be you getting in the conversation of generational wealth being passed from one generation to another. So you, you mean so you mean to tell me, and DC, you can chime in any time. You mean to tell me that the average citizen in America can begin to build generational wealth? Absolutely. Uh, the, the stock market, and uh, I'm sure Andre could piggyback if I say something wrong, but um, if, if most people could save generally around $200 a month uh, for 30 to 40 years uh, in a mutual fund, and that, that mutual fund averaged anywhere from 9 to 12 percent, uh, that, that, that should yield you somewhere between a million and, you know, two and a half, three million dollars. But I think the biggest problem that we're having today in America is that uh, we're doing a lot more things than we were doing 30 years ago. Uh, case in point, like a cell phone. If, if you can take and you can become dedicated to saving $200 a month, and it, it's really just the mindset, like Andre said before, um, and it's a seed that's planted with uh, most Caucasian folk uh, <clears throat> or people that's wealthy at an early age. So right, they right, start right. their children off with savings plans, and then they, you just add to it. But if, if that's something... Uh, in, in, in spending what eighty uh, percent of your income and saving out of the twenty percent—that's something that's taught uh, from a young age, and you pretty much grew up with that. Uh, in our community, we so used to scratching and surviving. I was pretty sick. That, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Know, we, we tomorrow's tomorrow's not promised. Yeah, so yeah. we're not even thinking about five years from now, let alone right. thirty or forty years from now. Right, so right. That's my take on generational wealth, um, and then how it was built. Yeah, the way I like to tell young people to get started is the very first car that you buy, you know, you don't have any resources, right? So you probably are going to have a car loan. But once that four years is up and that car loan is paid off, from that moment forward, never have a car, car loan ever again. So what you want to do is the $300 a month that you would have paid for a car loan, that's the money that you need to invest in yourself. Mm. You need to invest in the stock market or invest with you know, other people or whatever it is you're going to do, but that is your future money that is going to build you that million dollars. Wow. So it might mean, you know, usually people get to the end of their car loan like, woohoo, I'm, I'm at the end, they go buy another car. No. You know, may, you have zero car payment now. Okay, so let it ride another few more years. It's not going anywhere. That car's not hurting you. It's still able and strong and still, you know, working for you. And if you do have to trade up, maybe you trade up, maybe you can't afford a brand new car but maybe you trade up to a better car that's are, uh, that's pre-owned. It's already a used car. Because, you know, the cars, the minute they roll off the lot, they're losing 20 30% of their value. So that's not a smart investment to keep changing cars every couple of years. So that's my, my tip on how to get started. I, I think that's a great tip because most people are driving their generational wealth. Mm. Or they're mm. talking. They're talking. They're talking on the phone with their generational mm -hmm. wealth. Yeah. Because, like Damien said, you you're talking about two hundred dollars a month, really fifty dollars every week, mm -hmm. and we can just look around and look at the things that we spend money on just frivolously. Yeah. So yeah. We all have it, have the possibility. Like I said, it starts in the mind. We all reside at the address of our current thoughts, and so if you want to know the sum total of your thoughts, look around at your current conditions, look around at your bank 
else. You look around at all of these different things. So if you want generational wealth, you got to start thinking differently. You got to have uh, wealthy, wealthy friendships. And when I say wealthy, Ooh. I'm talking about value. Mm -hmm. I'm not yeah. talking dollars. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the fact that when I walk into uh, your facility, Randy, when we look at each other, we feel good about the relationship that we had. So Absolutely. There's wealth in it. Yeah. And it's not tied to money. It's a, right. It's a thought process. You know, right, right. You're around people who are adding value to you. So when I'm talking to my kids, I want them to be around other kids who bring value. They might not bring a dollar figure right now. I talked about, I sent out a text the other day and I said, you're talking about leaving a legacy. The best thing we can do for our kids, we don't, it's not the, it's not the, the valuables that we gotta leave our kids is the values that we leave in our kids. <laughs> oh, that's what, that's oh, what generational wealth is yeah. about. It, that's be, it gotta start before money is even a part of the picture. Yeah, yeah. It's not just about money because what, what, I, try, what I try to teach people, the first thing I got taught when I was introduced to the financial services arena 20 years ago, 20, almost 22 years ago, I was working three different jobs, and Damien noticed that I was working three different jobs. I would get off, I was working at the Charles Hickey School, I would get off at 2 o'clock, go change tires at Mr. Tire, and then I would deliver pizza. And so the first thing they taught me, they said, Andre, the first thing you got to realize, you can't outwork money. Mm. Money work while you're working, while you're sleeping, while you're eating, while we're talking right now, at this very moment, money's working. The question is whether it's working for you or working against you. He said, instead of trying to find another job to make money, find a way to get your money a job. So I got, when I talk to my kids... Whoa, 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 say that again. You are flowing. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I was taught. Instead of trying to find another way to get a job, to make make money, find a way to give your money a job. Because your money never call out sick, never show up late, always <laughs> going to be working. Right, right. The question is whether it's working for you or working against you. And so in our community, we have the spirit of hard work in us. You know, but it's not about working hard anymore. It's about working smart. Because working smart makes working hard much easier. Yes, so yes. If I'm going to work smart. Now I got to put myself in an environment around people who are willing to work smart as well. And that's where the education comes in. We just need a different form of education than what you call mm -hmm. financial intelligence, not academic intelligence. Academic intelligence teaches you how to read, write, do basic math and arithmetic. Financial intelligence allows your mind to show you things that your eyes can't even see. You know, it's 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 crazy because um when 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 you have when you deal with the uh law of attraction, which I had a show on um about that before, and when you deal with the rule of uh thirty three, um or the law of thirty three, whatever they call it, um pretty much you have to have relationships of people that's above you where you wanna get to, people that's on your level and people that you mentor to help get up on your level. And um, when it comes to finances, I look at you as the level I want to get to, my next step. Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, and um, so I'm, I'm tweeting out what you're saying. I'm 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 quoting you and everything. <laughs> um, but it's so crazy because I was doing some I was doing some studying. I was doing some research, um, and I ran across something very very uh, interesting. I'm gonna say it. This is not me talking. I'm quoting this from uh, this article I was reading. And uh, I want you guys to chime in on it and talk about stocks and investments, you know, things like that. But this, um, there was some financial center um, that did some researching, and they expect the U.S. household assets to increase from $87 trillion to over $140 trillion by 
2030, right? And they said that nearly 64 trillion will be in investable financial assets. This means that in 2030, between 150 billion and 240 billion will be in wealth management fees could be up for grabs. So people can grab up to 150 billion, 240 billion through those years. They also say that um, this, and this is what you, you kind of hinted to the mindset. They said for financial firms to fully exploit these potential opportunities, they will need a refined understanding of how this wealth will be distributed amongst different age cohorts. Generational segmentations is not a marketing gimmick. There is a vast uh, evidence to show that financial behavior and life stage tendencies of different generations are meaningful and unique when it comes to grabbing assets. With that being said, if the financial firms have to change their understanding, that means we have to change our understanding, but it's according to the generations. See, what Donald Trump father understood about finances cannot be fully taken over to today's generation because things have changed, things have altered. With that being said, with this investment increase that's to come, how can we play a role in that? How can we do that? It's stocks and investments part of it? How do we even do stocks and investments? <clears throat> yeah, I don't, okay. Um, well, the first thing, again, it goes back to the mindset. So when we start thinking about the stock market, the first thing I try to get people to understand is that the stock market is up, the stock market is down. Mm -hmm. Now, let me just ask a general question. And, and I'll ask both of you to answer this. If I was to say, have you ever heard of the Dow Jones Industrial Average Stocks? Yes. You both have heard of that, right? Mm hmm Okay. How many companies do you think make up the Dow Jones Industrial Average? So when you hear the month that the Dow was up today, it was down by 1,000 points, it was down by 10 points, how many companies do you think they're talking about? I would say about 10, 15, maybe. I have no clue. 20. I wouldn't say, not, I wouldn't go near 20, but... So what, what happens is most people, that you, that's a, almost a better guess than I would have thought, most people think they're talking about thousands and thousands of companies because the right, Dow Jones right. Industrial Average, right, right. they're only talking about 30 companies. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Those 30 companies have such a strong, strong influence on the rest mm -hmm. of the industry. Wow, yeah, yeah. You're thinking because the market is down that I'm going to be down, but they're only talking about 30 companies. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And most people don't realize that. Oh, so wow. You got hundreds of thousands of companies that's out there that you can be investing in just because the Dow is down Doesn't don't make you want to be down. down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just because you getting foreclosed on your house and I live on the same block don't mean yeah. my house going to close, right? <laughs> 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 my dude, yes sir, yes sir. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the mindset in the stock market is, is this. Um, I try to teach people, I say, what's the best time to go shopping? Like I, my office is in Randallstown, one of my offices is in Randallstown and so uh, there was a food line up there that was going out of business. Okay. And the second, like the second week, they went to 75% off. So everybody knew the food line was going out of business. The third week, they went to 50% off. So by the time they got down to to uh, 75, I'm sorry, they started out with 25% off, 50% off, then they got down to 75% off. Okay. So that that 
can of Coke that you're drinking was in there, if it would have been a dollar ninety nine cent, down to seventy five seventy five percent off, right? Right, right, right. So we go down to the food line. The store is so packed. They got police officers only letting ten people in at a time. But why is everybody trying to get into the supermarket at this time? Because everything is down seventy five percent off. Right. Yeah. Well. The supermarket and the stock. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the yeah, same way. yeah, yeah. When mm. everything is down, you're supposed to try to get into purchase. Yes. Because if the soda was a dollar ninety nine and now it's selling for fifty cent, right? I need to go get more of it, right? While I can, while the market is down. down. But when the stock market go down, our people get out. Out. And right. so they say the wealth get the rich get richer and, and the, the poor, poor get, get poor. poor. Yeah. Because the rich know. Now it's time to get in, and if, if, if she owns some of the stock and she don't know any better, the rich person gonna sit back and wait for her to sell her stock, mm -hmm. which will, used to be a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, like she just sold it to now. me for twenty five cents. Uh -huh. Right, right, right. So the rich get richer, the poor we'll get, get poor. poor. Right. Our people. A mindset. Yeah. It's, oh. it's, see, our people don't purchase because our people purchase because of a lack of knowledge. Yeah. See, we think it's guns and knives. Right, guns right. And knives is not what's killing us. Yes, we get yes. Killed by the mindset. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. That's what's happening. We yeah. giving our money away. That's good. Most wow. people want to get out of the market, but supermarket, you was breaking your neck to get in. Yeah. Same yeah, yeah. Didn't Go ahead, talk. It's a, yeah. it's a discussion. Have trading places with Eddie Murphy Something and like the, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I give you, I give you a brand new example that happened just this week in, in current news. Uh, a Chinese or Korean man was pulled off the airplane. Yes, yes. And yes. United Airlines stock began to plummet, plummet in one day. And uh, all my social media friends, uh, only they they did. It's, it's not that black people don't understand. They understand to some degree. Right. So the first thing most African American people said, "Let's get ready for our flight deals." Let's right, 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 right. But, uh. but but at the same time. If you was invested in the market, you would have been pulling your money right. out of, out of uh, that person, out of that in, those individual stocks. Right, right. So what happened? Not even a, a I, I predicted a week, but it ended up being a day. Yeah. Before it made a full recovery. <laughs> yeah. So of someone in the stock market, if you don't have the knowledge, what you did was, as the stock was high, you, you was in, but then when it dropped, you sold when you're supposed to do it the opposite way around. So someone uh, sold out as the, the stock began to plummet. And then it made a recovery, and now they missed all of that. And I'm sure Andre could bring that home, or you know, wow. much that, further. So, but that so, happened this week. Right. So, it's crazy because and and DT uh, hates uh, the people in power the same way that I do. Um, and it's it's almost in a sense of they're programming people to think so much on this ignorant level mm -hmm. that it's. It's kind of like um, they're robots, and the rich people, the, those who have the knowledge, are sitting back, waiting for these people to make their moves and snatch up. It's crazy. The sad part is, this is not taught in schools. They don't even teach money. I've, when I was in high they school, they don't teach money in schools at all. Wow, like. When they was they was teaching stuff like calculus and pre algebra, pre uh, like 
Trigonometry. Trigonometry and geometry. We never use it. Unless like, you're gonna be an engineer, you know. <laughs> right. Money, but you didn't give me one class on money. Right, right. Oh, no, they did when they teach you how to count money. That's right, the only that's thing. It. A coin is, you know, the difference between but the even, and the nickel. But even if you look at, I was, I was, I was with my, I was watching my son uh, do his homework one time. My oldest son, and he, you know how they have the math problem solving with the the stories so and so goes into the store so and so buys this amount of apples right and each apple costs a dollar he comes in there with five dollars he buys three apples how much money does he have left and it's teaching them how to be consumers it's it's programming my son and i'll be telling him i'll be like son you got to do this to get to the next grade but that's the stupidest thing I've ever read. And he'll laugh. He'll be like, I know, Daddy. You already told me. I said, okay, cool. Long as... And I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to... My oldest son is seven. And I'm talking to him about everything from racism, money, religion, um, women. You know what I mean? Because he a beige baby. So all the chicks is like automatically drawn to him. Um, and so... I, I got to teach my son these things. He's seven years old. My youngest son is five. I can talk to him about it, and he'll respond, but he's not quick to have the conversation as my seven-year-old. So um, if we can get our children, first of all, we got to get the fathers to understand this. Once the fathers understand it, then we can teach our children. Mm-hmm. See, like you said, generational wealth, like Damien said, generational wealth is not always about money, mm-hmm. even though that's what I'm talking about today. <laughs> but it's a, it's also about knowledge. Yeah, that's what it's yeah because the knowledge is the power. Yeah. You know, money answers all things, but knowledge is the power. You see what I'm saying? So you can't, if you have knowledge, but you don't have the resources to display that knowledge, you become Mr. Chew on that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to build your own kingdom and your own castle, get your own words out, because... Let's just face it. People don't want to hear this stuff um, because not because they don't want to know the knowledge, but because the people that's in front of them are are so used to tricking them, mm-hmm. so used to playing with their minds that the that the sheep have become dumbed down and they're not even interested in growing. And so when I come to teach or to talk about anything to destroy myths, um. They look. They first ten fifteen minutes. They're like, "Oh my god! Like, what is this?" And then towards the twenty and up, they're like, "Oh my god! I've been bamboozled. I've been lied to." You know what I'm saying? I'm like, "I'm not no better than you." I just, somebody had to come and teach me. Whether I was reading a book, doing research, it's another nigga's work that I'm reading that I got to figure out. You know what's going on? And and the truth always pops up to me in pages. And it's crazy because. Nowadays, generation generational wealth building is not even taught to poor whites. Mm-hmm. It's going like literally our country is going back to the early 1800s when it comes to the separation of the rich and the poor. Mm-hmm. And um, before we take our break, I know I kind of went on a rant, but I, before we take the break, I want to say this: if you are supposed to be pro-black, right? You can. It's popular to preach against killing. It's popular to preach against womanizing. 
It's popular to preach against religion, but it's not popular to preach about money. And a lot of these leaders are aiming at these three, but they're not going at talking about the money. And the only time they talk about the money is when they're trying to get in your pockets, not give in your pockets. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I went on a little rant. I need to... Go ahead, go ahead. I would even say, because I remember being in that pool, like the lame man, being at the pool when you teach against a mindset that... Oh, yeah, you've heard me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a mindset that you weren't used to hearing. And so just like any type of new thing that you encounter, there's resistance. Especially when you weren't, when you were on the track of hearing and knowing things one way. Mm -hmm. And you feeling like your world is kind of shifting because you weren't privy to this information. Mm -hmm. There is a resistance. It's like, hold up, that's not not normal. Right, right, right. That's not what I know. No, because this, 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 and you have this whole... I had this whole, you know, case build up why you were wrong. Right, right, but right. And after like thirty minutes to an hour, it was like, wait, like you you allow the facts to speak for themselves. Exactly. And so that's yeah. why I feel like when people who do have the knowledge about money and about allowing, not allowing money to work for you, but you working the money, mm-hmm. it does something to your brain where you you gotta you gotta wake up. Right, right, so I'm right. Like, if y'all hearing this out there today, get woke and stay woke. Listen, um, I'm I'm gonna be doing I'm gonna start blogging, and my blog is gonna be why God hates Christianity. But I said that because I'm gonna be quoting something from the Bible, and it says that the love of money is the root of all evil. And people say people have manipulated that phrase or that scripture to be uh, money is evil. But the same Bible, the same book, yeah. says that money answers yeah. all things. Yeah. It, you can't have a contradiction. Mm-hmm. And people are so dumb that they don't know how to read. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you don't know how to read, how the hell are you going to handle your money right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause, you know, but I'll, I feel like that's the one thing, like you said before, if the father's fathers and mothers because my, I didn't have a father in the home or the father that I did have he didn't even have the knowledge right so right it's kind of like there's a lack in the home period of teaching about financial structure financial building all of that I get you know and, and I and I get that and after this I'm gonna take my break I get that but we are in the age of technology where everything is just a click away um, so, and there's a lot of resources out there. So, a person who doesn't want to know is not going to know. I was just right making a note that said, in the age of information, ignorance is a choice. Yeah. In this age of information, yes. Is a yes. Right now. Right. Yes. Right. You know? I like that. Yeah. And Mark, I think it was Marcus Garvey, he said, intelligence rules the world, mm-hmm. but ignorance carries the burden. So mm. stay as far away from ignorance as possible and try to get as close to intelligence. intelligence. Wow. You gotta stay close to intelligence. Yeah. That's the, the, the subject today. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, that was, that was. Listen, I'm gonna take a quick break. And when I get back, um, we are going to continue this discussion. I have more questions. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, I was about to say that too. That's hilarious. Okay. Oh my gosh, listen, I have questions, Dagnabbit! <sighs> but when I get back, we're going to talk about it. It's your boy Randy Chu, Mr. Chu on that. We're going to take a quick break.
smell marijuana. I said I got an ID, I got glaucoma. I got ID. He said we ain't in Kelly, nigga, get out of your hands up. Oh. Running real hard, shake the taser. Running real hard, shake the taser. I told the king we split up, we gon' shake him. Split up. Nigga, hit my phone when you made it. Out of here, PJ to Jamaica. Out of here, we gon' take it wrong, get the paper. Been fighting too long against haters. My attitude, yeah, I'm going for the shadows. Live from the cracks of the concrete. Twelve, try to take a nigga off the street. When you fade down, put a gang strong like Trayvon. Gun by the woman like the truck. Brain that shit, mind a nigga, my wood. And I felt a nigga ass in your dead. Pig in the blanket, fuck what you think. Put that nigga both seat, running at the cold leaf. Love him with a slow leaf, right inside BC. Trying to keep the like DC. Hanging out the G like freak me. Kill a nigga reaching for a cell phone. Heard to tell him mama he ain't coming home. I'm not saying strapped all summer long. You know the damage of the not-so-usual suspects whose actions actually are far more contributory to our current situation and the global situation. So that wealth disparity has got nothing to do with merit, talent, intelligence, hard work, or investment strategies. It has to do with the fact that some folks had a head start, and that head start doesn't go away just because you pass the Civil Rights Act, Voting Rights Act, Fair Housing Act. In fact, let's understand that one patient took that head start, so this is clearly something something confused about right now, particularly these folks who keep yelling and screaming about they don't want the government intervening in the economy. They don't want the government intervening in health care. And they don't want the government managing. They, they just want the market to control everything. They just want small government. That's, that's precious. <laughs> Coming from people who never objected to big government when it was creating white wealth. When it was creating the white middle class. Make no mistake, that is what did it. Wasn't hard work and initiative in some vacuum, because most people in a competitive society have to work harder than sink. So that sort of goes without saying. White, black, brown, doesn't matter. People tend to work hard and do so in relatively similar numbers. But what did matter is that the government of the United States stepped in and created wealth for white folks. Big government did that. We need to understand that's where the head start comes from. And this thing goes back an awful long ways. It actually goes back to the colonies in the 1630s and 1640s. There was a program in place. My family actually took advantage of it when one of the branches came during that period. You may or may not have heard about it. Odds are not because we don't talk about it in school. But it was this thing called the Headright Program. The Headright Program was a program that allowed male heads of household from England who came to the United States to claim 50 acres of land and the tools with which to work it for nothing. Just for making the trip. Now you see, you give out 50 acres of land and some tools to black people and we call that a handout. We call that welfare. We might even call that reparations. You give out 50 acres of land and some tools to white folks, we call it nation building. See how that works? It's fascinating, the different kind of rhetoric that we use. Millions of acres of land were given out that way over a period of a very short period of time. Fast forward to the 1860s. Homestead Act of 1862 gets passed. What does it do? Gives out 240 million or more acres of land for virtually nothing to white families. People of color are almost completely barred from being able to take advantage of it. 240 million acres of virtually free land. That, the free market can't do that. Let's just at least agree on that. The, the small government can't do that. The market cannot take other people's land and give it to you. Right? Only a very large government with guns is capable of doing that. 
And that's what happened, of course, because this had been somebody else's land before, and then it got taken and redistributed. And yet what's interesting is I haven't seen a single one of the families, because there are 20 million white folks in this country today, some estimate as many as 50 million, but at least 20 million, who are living, who are the direct descendants of those people who got Homestead Act benefits, many millions of them, living on that land, living on those ranches, living on those farms, living in those houses. Not one of them has showed up in Washington, D.C. and said, you know what, I've got to give this back, because uh, it seems to me that if I keep this property that the government made possible, that'd be like, um, what would that be like? What's the word? That'd be like socialism. <laughs> so here, y'all can take this back because I didn't get it fair and square, you see, but no one does that. Fast forward to the 20th century, not even the early 20th, the middle. So we're talking about the lifetimes of people in this room and for others of you, certainly the lifetimes of your parents and grandparents. From the 1930s until the 1960s, the first 30 years of the Federal Housing Administration Home Loan Program, add to that the VA Home Loan Program, added to that in the 1940s. What were these? These were government-created programs to subsidize indirectly by way of guaranteeing with taxpayer dollars private loans from banks. Prior to the creation of the FHA, banks would not lend money to working-class people. It didn't matter what color you were. They just didn't want to do it because the risk was too great. So even if you were white, it didn't matter. If you didn't have enough to pay like half the down payment up front and you could pay it off in 10 years, you weren't getting a mortgage. That was the way it was. The government steps so there was no middle class. I mean, there just wasn't any. The government steps in, creates the FHA program, later the VA program. What do these do? They basically say, don't worry if the borrowers default, right? It'll be backed up by the full faith and credit of the United States Treasury, which is to say the taxpayers of the United States. So you'll get your money back or at least some portion of it. And that made the banks willing to lend to lower income and working class white families who previously would have had to rent just like black and brown families they wouldn't have been able to buy but the problem was the fha which now is like a universal a lot of you when you get your first home will probably get an fha loan that's what you do it's low interest the terms are good you know you don't have to have a lot down that kind of thing but in the first 30 years of that program it was almost exclusively for whites because the underwriting criteria that the banks were using that was actually given to them by a quasi-public institution Right, known as the Home Ownership Lending Corporation, which was created during this period. The underwriting criteria that they used basically made it impossible for people of color to get these loans, even though they were guaranteed with taxpayer money, including the money of black and brown taxpayers. But the way the criteria was written, 98% of all the loans went to white families. By 1960, 40% of all white family mortgages were being written under this one preferential policy government policy, $120 billion worth of housing equity loaned from the early 1940s, late 30s until the early 1960s at a time when people of color couldn't get in on that. $120 billion head start. And again, if you do that for people of color, that's affirmative action, that's racial preference, that's welfare, that's a handout. You do it for white folks, it's good macroeconomic policy. Right? And of course, it was good macroeconomic policy. It would have been even better had it been extended to people of color because you'd have had an even bigger economic stimulus, but they weren't thinking in those terms. So you have the FHA, the VA program, even black and brown veterans excluded from the loans that were available under the VA program. You have the GI Bill, which in theory was available to all returning veterans after World War II in Korea, but in practice, the disproportionate benefits went to white veterans because if you were a veteran of color, the employers, because you know, theoretically what the GI Bill did, said, it said you could get training, uh, you know, to have a job, you could go to college, you know, you get these opportunities, but the employers still had the right of refusal. They still had the right to not hire you, to discriminate against you on the basis of their property rights as owners were given precedence over the right of those returning GIs to have jobs. You couldn't just go to any college if they didn't want to admit you, so people of color were still excluded even after they had served the country in the military. So you had all of these programs, Homestead Act, VA, 
FHA, GI Bill, go all the way back to the Headright system, all these things pumping literally hundreds of billions, one might say trillions of dollars worth of wealth into white folks' hands before people of color even got to the starting gate of wealth accumulation by the time the Fair Housing Act came around. And if you know anything about the Fair Housing Act, which wasn't even passed until 1968, you know that for the first 20 years, neither Democrats or Republicans thought it was important to put enforcement mechanisms in. So there weren't even any enforcement mechanisms until 88, right? I mean, so 20 years, it's, it's on the books, but it doesn't mean anything. And even now, we know that there's evidence of discrimination. I'll speak to that in a second. But the point here being, that's why I find it so interesting when those folks in the tea parties and all this stuff that are angry about health care talk about they want their country back the way it used to be when government was small. What date was that? Because government was never small for white people. Never was it small. Taxes were not lower back in the day. How taxes were, top tax rate in 1958 was 91%. It's less than half that now. Whether you think it should be even lower, let's not pretend that we want to go back to the way it was when taxes were low. Taxes were higher. Government was just as big. And white folks didn't mind it when we were the only ones getting benefits. It's only when people of color started to gain access to other programs, which aren't even as generous as the ones we had access to, that all of a sudden we discovered our inner libertarian. Right? All of a sudden, we discovered our inner love of the free market. We didn't care about that before. right? When the New Deal was passed, people of color were excluded from almost all the programs. Social Security, for the first 20 years, basically excluded 8 out of 10 black folk because it said you couldn't get in on Social Security if you were an agricultural laborer or a domestic worker, which was like three-quarters, 80% of all black folks in the country. And that was done at the behest of Southern Democrats who made FDR work that into the New Deal legislation in order for them to vote for it. They just want to make sure black folks couldn't get in on the government programs. They didn't mind government programs. They just didn't want people of color getting in on it. So that's the history of how wealth was created and not. That's the legacy that we have inherited. But of course, if it were just about the past, maybe we could just teach that in a history class and be done. You know, if it was just, even the, the legacy part, we could say, yeah, you know, you're right, but gosh, I mean, at least now we're over it. You know, at least now we've moved on. So yeah, we've got to deal with all that residue, but at least now we don't have anything contributing more to inequality. New stuff, but of course we do. None of what I just said, for example, changed on the 5th of November of 2008, the day after the presidential election. Right? None of it changed on the 21st of January 2009. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's a tough topic, but we got to do it. We have to do it. Dag nabbit. <laughs> I know y'all upset, but guess what? You can kiss. Nah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Randy Chu. Mr. Chu on that. We back in the building. And of course, you know, I got my panel with me. Uh, my panel is, is, is here as always. Just want to give a shout out to everyone that's viewing um, so far. Listen, if you're viewing, chime in. Comment. Call in. The number dial is 563-999-3098. Let me say it in my seductive voice so I can stir up DT's juices. Number to <laughs> 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 oh man, the number to dial is five six three nine 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 three zero. Learner we have here. Oh yes, yes indeed. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, listen, I got my co-host with me, of course. Um, I got Lady J in the building. I'm here. I got DT in the building. Woohoo! 
And of course, you know I have my special guest in the building, Damien. Shout out to the people real quick. <laughs> and Andre, shout out to the people real quick. Yes, 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 yes. Um, listen, for those who want to know, Damien is the guy with the hat on. Yes, he has the Joe for ruler Samunda. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, Wait, what does the top of the hat say? Click here, play the YouTube video. The guy with the hat. <laughs> oh, but it's got that YouTube triangle thing. Oh wow! No, it's Ooh, a it's uh, the continent Let me hit of the play button. <laughs> it do look like the play button though, if you look at it on here. It does. That's hilarious. I didn't realize that. No, it's the continent of Africa. It matches his uh, medallion. Okay. Which, um, look, 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 see. That, I, I mean, mean, from a distance, that's what it looks like. I like his medallion, though. I mean, it. it I think it would look better on me. Um, it goes with my, you know, it goes with my outfit too. You know, it's <laughs> nice and shiny. And anyway, um, <laughs> um, listen. I still have more questions, and my panel is august. Oh. <sighs> yeah, I had to bring back the old shoe on that. Um. It's crazy because now the controversy must begin. My Diet Coke is almost out. Oh. What's in the mason jar? Oh, uh, <laughs> nothing's in the jar. That's that's been empty for uh oh, you know, but I'm this from Diet the Coke um um I just want to say something highly controversial right now. That um if you are a female and you don't have over fifteen hundred dollars in the bank, you have to be slightly more submissive than the average chick. I'm just gonna say that. If you got ad especially if you ugly. Uh -oh. if, you, if you ugly and you got under fifteen hundred dollars in the bank, you should do everything your man says. Because you are just a paycheck away from being homeless. He's with you because that's all he can afford to be with right now. If he hit the lotto, you are not his boo. I know that breaks your heart. This is why you need to listen to this show today and build some wealth. Because at least you can make your money work for you. And not work for the money. Cause they already closed down Backpage. What's Backpage? Oh my God! You don't know what, <laughs> lady, ladies and gentlemen, Lady J is so naive. Oh. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Real briefly, Backpage and DT can can uh can attest to to the truth behind it. Backpage is where chicks who have fallen off go to. To sell a monkey for eighty dollars. Eighty dollars would get oh. you a back page girl, oh ladies and gentlemen. That's making money work for you. Yeah, they, 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 they had a chat line, didn't they? Remember the chat line? I don't remember the chat line. I wasn't a chatter. I wasn't a chatter. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to have a friend of mine. My, my homeboy used to call in and be like, I'm 5'7", brown-eyed. <laughs> 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 I got dreads. Your homeboy? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had a homeboy used to call into the chat line. And he would 
I oh my son! I had to call in from like several different numbers. Oh wow! Like the, the like boost. <laughs> nah, you would really be on there selling yourself. I remember in B more, it was a chat line. It was like a joint you used to call back. I was in high school, right? I was like ninth, tenth grade. Uh, in B more in Greenmount Ave, matter of fact, uh, me, my cousin Curly, my cousin Ty. We used to call these uh, chat lines that you could talk to people that, that called in also. Man, we was getting so many numbers and stuff on the chat line. And one time we met up with this chick, right? And she brought her friends. And the first chick that walked in, I was like, oh my God, we hit the jackpot. I mean, she was right. It just so happened that the other two that followed was Big Bad Beasley looking joints. And I realized something. In every crew, there are ugly women, and there's the good-looking woman. The good-looking woman, at one point, they all had to grow up together or something, because there ain't no way in the world that you can have a ugly chick hang out with a good-looking chick and then not be controversial. I'm just going to say that right now. If you ugly, Mm-mm. you cannot... Mm-mm. Someone is looking through my window right now. That is so ghetto. Anyway, <laughs> as I was saying, Backpage, $80. Ladies and gentlemen, the government has shut down Backpage because Backpage was saving a lot of men's stress. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Well, wait, what happened to that woman that had, like, the, the madam that had, like, the list that came out? The madam? Yeah, wasn't that something like a Backpage? What madam? The madam that had like all those like high politicians and Heidi Flies? Yes. And the list came out of all the men that or customers that she had. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, how you much is it to sign up? No, wait. <laughs> she out now, like it don't Oh the oh she, she got yeah, she got shut down. Oh man, that sucks. Yeah. Did a little jail time. <laughs> yeah. She's she out, did? She's out now she's out? lingerie oh, okay. in Vegas. Uh, you should not be out for setting <laughs> up and selling that monkey. Yeah, just get a woman. Settle down. Huh? I'm just saying, for, for men that are stressed out, just get you a woman. No, that's that's the stress. women out here. Back page, you give them $80, they leave. No stress. You get your nut off and they're gone. Shoot. Playing with me. Uh, Anyway, let's get serious again. So, we're back to financial intelligence, generational wealth building, and how not to be stupid with your money. I want to talk about the banking industry because the people in power, Rothschilds, <coughs> have set up banking industries all over the world except for in three nations that uh, one of them is currently about to get destroyed and a bank is about to be set up there. Um, anyway, the banking industry, how the heck are they destroying us? I want you to kick it and kill them. How are they destroying it? Because my man Tim Wise shout out to Tim Wise by the way I haven't spoken to him since December of 2016 yeah um, and he was he was doing good you know I just don't I don't like the fact that he gets threats cause he's a honest white guy you know what I'm saying I would trade him and get rid of Steve May Smith and Charles Barkley cause they some coons I'm sorry I, I'm just being honest I think Charles Barkley's a homosexual. If you look at his wife, his wife looked like Thor. Can we? <laughs> I 
I'm just saying. <laughs> Charles Barkley kissed the referee. I mean, the list goes on. We could trade that nigga. Anyway, but how was how was the banks how's the banks killing us? I mean, enlighten me on this. Uh, did anybody did any do anybody bank with PNC? I do. Okay. Did you know? I didn't know this, but this is the first bank that I've, I've come in contact with. Um, you get an overdraft fee. Yes. Not only do you get a $35 overdraft fee, mm-hmm. they charge you $7 additional a day for not paying the $35. That is correct. That's a lot of money. Yes, it is. I've heard, of course, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, all of those companies uh, with overdraft fees, but I've never seen an instance where you get one. And then they continue to add seven dollars a day. Into <laughs> <laughs> yeah, already behind. Me. Uh, right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. They do do that. I can attest. They do do that. <laughs> we all looking at you, <laughs> Professor. Uh, listen. Okay, so banks, the banking system right now is set up to destroy us. How? How? Selfish. Selfish. They have a selfish agenda uh. to keep you and I ignorant. Wow. The root word of ignorance is to ignore. Ignore, yes. I just need to get you to ignore the fact that I'm still robbing you. Wow. Because uh. I got on a shirt and tie. I don't need a gun. I can use my pen now. Yeah, and yeah. I get you to sign these documents that you have no idea of what you're even reading, right? Yeah. So, in this whole banking system... A lot of people are not realizing that when you put money into a bank, they get you to fill up. They know you have academic intelligence. Yes. They know you don't have financial intelligence. Right. So when you put money in the bank, they give you a slip to fill out. And you know what the slip is called when you put money in the bank? A deposit. Right. They know you can read the word deposit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you put money in the bank, you're not depositing money. You're loaning, loaning the, bank, the money. bank. Right, right. If you if they put loan slip on top of it, you would have a different question. Right, right, so right. I give y'all money. The wordplay. Yeah, that's all it really is. Yeah. You're loaning the bank money. They take your money. They make money off of your money. Wow. And they'll give you, right now, what is it? Maybe you're getting 0.5% on the savings account. But they mm. take that same money and loan it back to you in the form of a credit card. And they charge you 18.9. So you borrowing your own money from the bank because they, <laughs> they have a rule in the banking system called fractional reserve banking. Okay. That says for every dollar that's deposited into the bank, the bank has the right to lend out 20 to $30. So if I have direct deposit and I got my two-week paycheck going in of $1,000 every two weeks, you just gave the bank the right to lend out twenty to $30,000. Wow. Some of that money is getting loaned back to you in the form of a credit card. Some of it's getting loaned back to you in the form of a card note. So we taking your money and making money off of your money, but we're not giving you nothing but a, a, a toaster or you know a, a jacket or something like that to <laughs> sign up for. Right, right. So this this whole banking system is is, is so wicked. They 
they tied to mm. the school system with the loans. Mm -hmm. So you, t you t why, why do they have so many student loans when you think about it? Because so I'm a student, I go to school, I take out a loan to go to college so that I can get a good job. Mm -hmm. Then when I get out of college, I got to find a job to pay for the loans that mm -hmm. I got to mm -hmm. go to school with. Mm -hmm. And in most cases, I got a $100,000 in student loans, but I got a $40,000 a year job with a loan that I can never pay off, and now I can't even get a house. And if I get a house, I'm on house arrest because I can't do nothing else but stay in the house. I can't even right. do all of the other stuff I want. Right, right. And that all starts with the banking system. They're not teaching us the stuff that we need to be taught. They're not teaching uh, the Rule of 72. They're not teaching... Um, the power of compound interest. They're not, they, they're taking that information. Right. Remember I said in the beginning, money's working for you or working against you. Right, right, so right. So if you don't understand how it works, then you're going to spend your whole life working for it. Mm. And so, yeah, that, that's, that's what's happening. Money, they say money flows to, to the, to where it's treated the best. Right, right. So if you don't know how to treat it, then it's, it's like a relationship. Mm. Right, right. Why would I want to stay in a relationship with you and you don't know how to treat, treat me? You right. don't know how to bring more value to me. Right, well, right. money is saying the same thing. You wow. You want to treat me like a one-night stance. Right, now, right. What I want is a long-term okay. relationship. Right, right. Oh. Right. 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 That's the love right there. Right. The love. Right. There he is. love. About the love. Oh. Making love to the money. <laughs> Call it Kim K. Call it Ray J. Huh? <laughs> um, no, but that, but that's that that is powerful because it's interesting that you said it that way. Because it's almost as if we are indebting ourselves. Um, by putting our money in the bank and then we they give it back to us in a car loan but yet we're paying on that car loan so we're paying off we're, we're they're giving us our money and we're paying back the money that they given us that's our money that is retarded well you remember when the, when the, when the, when the banking industry crashed yes Let it come back like quick yeah, crack. It, 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 it'll come back to me later, but I'll, I'll come back to it because I just lost my train of thought. But it has something to do with when the um, when the when the, when the banks crashed, like they in two thousand eight. Right. Yeah. What happened was the banks got bailed out. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, in the community I grew up in, the only time you got bailed out is if you had committed a crime. Right. So right. Right. Oh. Right. So right. Why would the banks get bailed out if they didn't commit no crime? If they had, at least. Allegedly committed. Right, right, wow. right. Somebody bailed them out. Right. Because they knew something went wrong. Right. The system that they mm. had created. Wow. That's the same thing our parents would do for us. They'll give up the house if they had to. Right, right. That's what. Yeah. Somebody with some names did for those banks. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, mentioned Yeah, yeah. Uh, you talking about the Rothschilds? Yeah, they know what's going on. Yeah, dog. I'm already under investigation. It's all good. Well, that's why we let you sit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm, I'm good. I already know they're gonna. I already know my time here is limited. I ain't tripping. You know what I'm saying? I got, I got life insurance. Something happened to me. My kids is good. Blow my head off. Let my kids get this money. Um, 
but give me a little bit more time because I want to instill some values into them. So they, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Give me at least about five, ten more years. I'll be good. Um, that that money bailout. In case you guys haven't seen it, you have to rent this movie. It's called The Big Short. Yeah. The Big Short with Christian Bale. It's so good. It explains how 2008 happened. Yeah. How that financial crisis happened and basically they invented these fake home loans that no one could ever pay back wow. you know they they teased wow. you with oh come on down here we're going to give you a one percent two percent you know uh loan but in month three it goes to the real rate which might have been like eight percent and then after that the interest rates keep going up and up and well that person cannot qualify for that kind of loan and of course the whole thing crashed and burned so it was a great movie. Well, you guys they, need to see it. Yeah, what they understood was that unlike your car, you can't drive your house around the corner and hide it from the bank. We giving you a loan. It's really called timeshare these days. Right, you right. Timeshare. Yeah. You go to some kind of island or resort. Right, now, right. Timeshare is right in the inner city of Baltimore. All of these row houses, you buying it, but you just sharing the time because at some point you're not gonna be able to afford it. Right. You know you're not going to be able to afford it because we created a loan that you would never be able to pay back. Right. So you're here for a specific period of time, and now, now it's time for you to go, and we're going to have to share it with somebody else. Right, so right. Whole, that, that bank the whole system is, I have a I have a friend, and I'm going to have her on the show uh, soon. Um, we were working out some stuff to make sure it's, that it's good for her to come on the show. I'm not going to give her a last name, but her first name is Karen. She used to work for the World Bankers. Mm. She's in Bethesda right now, um, you know, working, doing some things. But she was in my documentary, Inventors mm. of Evil, that I that I created two years ago. In that, we talked about, at that time, it was four nations that didn't have a centralized bank. And how the governments were going to try to... Uh, dehumanize these four nations to go over there, bomb military power, all that to set up a centralized bank that's owned by a Rothschild. Um, and she was specifically talking about Syria. And it was my mom that brought it to my attention. Um, she said, this was in your documentary. Yeah, because they already have a plan set out they already have the agenda uh, of, of sustainable development for the world we just think it's for America but it's for the world they already have mm -hmm. that um, the, the crazy the you know the pipeline and you know they, the oils and all that good stuff I mean they just been doing this for years those evil uh, people you know it's funny because in the early 1900s the late 1800s early 1900s right you had um the elites, the one percenters, whatever you want to call them, that had 80% of the wealth in America. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, of course, blacks didn't have none. And um, uh, the poor whites had the other uh, 19%. When it was time for uh, and this is why they invented the whole uh, tax return, income tax return, whole thing was to try to give justice 
against the elites and try to give back to the lesser population and blah 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 um, but that's even working in their favor because they didn't give you the knowledge with the money so you're just giving it right back to them um, and it's crazy because the elites set it up that those 1% those 20 families set it up and they teach their children all this from the time that they can understand until they become adults they they make them intern into different companies and start programs um, they fund things like the fem like the women's lib the feminist movement was funded by the, by the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds but that was for what? It wasn't because they were funding it for the good cause. They wanted to tax the whole population. Now I can tax, if, if I can only tax the men, if it's only the men that's working, if I allow the women to work, that's more money mm -hmm. that I can now get from the population. So that's why they funded Women's Lib and, um, and, and the feminist movement and all that. Um, you know, so there's always a, an agenda behind what they're funding. But can we come up with an agenda to fund ourselves can we can we come up with an agenda to fund the community um, if you have religious organizations that are making billions and billions of dollars right or millions in one specific location right but yet people in the congregation are struggling and yes you know some people are stupid you know what I mean? Especially in religious orders, you have a bunch of dummies. Um, but if religious organizations like the church can make billions and billions of dollars, and they're putting their money in the banks, <laughs> and the banks are the enemies of our money in, our, in the population, is the religious organization fueling and feeding the enemy? Is that what you're saying to me? Yeah, by the banks being the enemy? They're sleeping with the enemy. They're sleeping with the enemy. Okay, so how do one not sleep with the enemy with our money? You gotta create your own. You gotta build your own bank. You gotta, some kind of way, you gotta create your own. Can we build our own bank? I'm sure you could. I'm, I'm sure that you can, but I'm sure that there's, there's, uh, has to be some type of uh, regulation to what the church can do with the money on the surface. But behind closed doors, I'm sure there's other things. E even not touching the church's money, even if a pastor of some of these mega churches we have, if they just instructed their congregation of 10,000 to do business with their own kind. Mm -hmm. So let's say churches on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Let's start with the King Cullen, the local King Cullen or the, the local supermarket shot right or whatever that's mm -hmm. in that community right it's own black owned and operated let us all do our grocery shopping on sunday that can carry us at least mostly through the week right um, right let's 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 take some of that money and um and, and he make a commitment to to re reinvest that money back into the church or back into the community right and then we start our own little black wall street right here in baltimore you again you have houses uh you got communities us where houses are being sold for five or ten thousand dollars, there's no reason why we haven't created some type of little Africa here, some type of Black Wall Street here with the money and resources and the people uh, that we have going to these mega churches. Right, right. I I, I agree. Um, I I definitely agree. I'm I'm trying to be nice. 
Not on the chew, not on the chew on that. I show. know, I know, <laughs> it not, not on this show. I'm trying to be nice. Um, oh man, it's so hard because I want to be evil. But okay, well then I would I would say this. Then what's the plan, right? Then what can we do? Like, what is? Hold up, before you ask that, let me say this. I go to a lot of funerals. Uh, just buried a close cousin. Practically raised me. Um, and the churches they attend don't help with funeral causes. And he didn't have life insurance. Now, he had life insurance through his job. But when he left his job, that policy didn't go with him. Why? What is life insurance? Why do we need it? Why doesn't it follow us after we leave the job? Well, somebody's got to pay into it. Yeah. So the, the, the former employer might have paid into it, but the new employer, they didn't sign up for that, so that's why it doesn't, that doesn't, that's why it doesn't follow you. Well, the, the thing with group insurance is this. Most most companies or most employers provide one time your annual salary. So if you make $50,000 a year or $30,000 a year, that you generally have a, a life insurance policy on your job of that amount. But what happens when you leave the group, then you become uninsured because you're no longer attached to that group. Once you leave the, once you leave the job, you leave the group. Okay. So uh, very few jobs have the option where you can take it with you, but if you don't have a job, you can't pay for it anyway. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, that's that's group insurance. Um, I I always suggest uh, that people always have their own personal insurance plan off the job because uh, generally what happens if you ever get terminally ill or you get sick and you find yourself holding on to your job, uh, what happens is let's say three you've been sick for three months. Well, who's to say in the fourth month that your job just don't let you go anyway? Right, Just right. because you're sick, they're not going to hold on to you. Right, right. Well, you lose your insurance. Mm -hmm. Well, if you had your own personal insurance policy, I know many of the uh, companies, well not, well, not all. You have to be very careful that you, you, you deal with a, a, a rated company, mm -hmm. uh, which will have uh, most likely a clause where when you become terminally ill, um, six months, if you have six months to live or a year to live, they'll, they'll kick in and start paying those insurance, mm -hmm. insurance premiums for you. Okay. So, and, and that's the advantage again of having insurance off the job. I had a guy email me questions because he's he wasn't able to call from his job. So I told him earlier this week, email me your questions, you know. And one of the questions he had was, one of the questions he had was, I he well he this is what he said. I always thought that life insurance just covered the funeral. Is that a myth or is that still true today? Um, I guess it all depends on how you structure it. Okay. But like, remember, I spoke last week on a topic that life insurance was never created to take care of the funeral. You know, right, I guess right. 100 years ago, you would dig a ditch in the backyard or wherever you dig one and just throw somebody in there right, right. in the sheet. So, uh, I'm glad you said that. I want you to talk about the history behind life insurance also, but go ahead. Okay, so uh, 
again, it's, it's basically how you structure it, but it's been found in the African-American community or lower-income community because we know whites uh, that's also in lower-income communities, they have mm -hmm. the same situation set up where they have a small policy of ten or $15,000 set up strictly for the, the burial process. But, you know, between you and I and the listeners, I, I just think it's a, a complete waste of money and time. You know, I, I'd much rather uh, get cremated or thrown in the cheapest box that you can find <laughs> allow my loved ones to take that money and continue to build generational wealth. Right, right. What is the history of, 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 of life insurance? Wasn't it a time where black people wasn't allowed to have life insurance? Why was that? Uh, well, again, uh, that that's the reason. That, well, one of the reasons is because they didn't want us to be in a situation where we could, where we could create wealth. Okay. So they allowed us to take out what you call burial insurance. Okay. Which, which is basically what most people have today, but they call it life insurance. If Got you. Have you. A small policy of ten thousand or fifteen thousand. I've even seen small policies of two or three thousand dollars. That's that's barely. That, that's not enough to even you know pay for a funeral. Right. Right. So. Right. Uh, I think it was nineteen sixty-five, somewhere in nineteen sixty something, where uh, blacks were allowed to, to take out large, much larger uh, life insurance policies and build wealth. Wow. Since, since we're talking about generational wealth, if I can just touch on the topic of insurance in general. Yes. All right, because one of the biggest um, one of the biggest issues we have when it comes to generational wealth is having the wrong kind of insurance. Now, I want to talk about insurance, generally speaking, and the purpose of it. Insurance was never designed to protect hmm. the thing. Or person that it was insuring. Wow. Meaning, just because I have auto insurance, that does not keep me from getting in a car accident. Correct. Mm -hmm. Just because I have homeowner's insurance, that does not keep my house from burning down. Right. Just because I have life insurance, that does not keep me from dying. Right. So insurance was never designed to protect or be or to protect the thing that is insurance. Right. Insurance is designed to protect your income so that you can create generational wealth. Wow. So what wow. happens is if I get in a car accident, I don't have to come out of my pocket to pay to get the car repaired. Gotcha. If I get if I get uh my house burned down, I don't have to come out of my pocket to pay to repair my house. Right, right. If I die, the, the no matter how much life insurance coverage I have, the insurance company can't keep me from dying. Right. But my kids and my wife rely on my income. Yes. So if I'm going to get a life insurance policy, I must customize a policy that's designed to replace the income that my wife and kids would still have coming in. Gotcha. See, it works like, it's like the Secret Service. Okay. Now, when you think about the President of the United States, they're trying to protect him from being assassinated, correct? Yes. Do they buy life insurance to do that? No. No. <laughs> they buy. Yes. They buy. Uh, what you call them, people? They buy. Uh, bodyguards. Bodyguards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm. They got the Secret Service. Yeah, so right. The Secret Service works like insurance. You can't see it. It's kind of sitting there chilling. But as soon as you raise up mm. and try to attack the president, that's, that's when we step in. Right. Oh. Right. That's how insurance works. You, yeah. It's, yeah. It's in a box. It's sitting in a corner. Right. It's. It's a secret service. Right. A service that's supposed to take take place 
when something happens to me, my car, my house, the secret service kicks in. Life insurance mm. is the secret, secret service. service. Wow. And it's secret because they don't they got us thinking they got us thinking about it backwards. Mm. Right, right. It's the secret service that they knew they had for such a long time. In fact it was so secret that they had life insurance on us as slaves. When we couldn't insure ourselves. Wow. I did not know that. It was a secret service. Yeah, they had, they had insurance policies on the slaves. Wow. It's a secret service. It worked just like with the president. They don't buy insurance. They buy bodyguards. Ladies and gentlemen, we are dropping bombs for that today. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, y'all work in the financial industry. Right. How can people get a hold of you? How can people learn... And do what you do. Well, we, we always expanding and looking for people that, that want to do what we do, but we want them to have the right mindset. Like mm -hmm. Damien, to tell you, I see myself as like the male version of Harriet Tubman. Okay. When Harriet Tubman got the information and she got free. She didn't have to go back to free right. people. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So we're like freeing people from financial bondage and we're going back into the community to deliver this information. And the first thing we need people to do is open up their minds because no matter how wide your eyes are open, if your mind not open, you're not going to be able to see what I'm talking about anyway. Correct. So if you want to reach out to myself or Damon, I can be reached at um, area code 410-365-3267. Damien is at 410-365-4665. Um, we are looking to hire, train, develop people, um, help them get licensed in the industry for insurance, investments, annuities. Um, helping people with debt management strategies, and if you qualify, speaking of that, it's April. I need my training because right. I need to go get my license. Right. Yeah, yeah. but right. go ahead. We gotta finish that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if you qualify to come work with us, we pay for the licenses as well. Wow, you know, wow. A lot of the companies in the industry won't do that. They make you go out and pay for all the licenses on your own, but we subsidize the cost of the licenses because, especially in our community, we need people to go out and deliver this information. Right. It can't just be on me, and it can't just be on Dave. It's, it's like if this if this was Walmart and it's Black Friday, right? Mm -hmm. You know how long the lines are, correct? Right. Now let's just say all four of us are in Walmart. We work there. Mm. All of the other fifty employees called out because they got Ebola or something. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right. We got millions of people standing in line. Should we open the door? Wow. Should yes. We? We should, but if we do, what's going to happen? Y'all, we're going to all get stampede. We're going gonna to get crushed. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, today, that's what this is about. This financial situation is like. Wow. We're pressing you and her to get the license. Right, right, because right. Because we got thousands of people standing in line right now, and we don't have enough help. Wow. As we open the door, so many people standing in line yeah, trying, like that, trying to get help. Hey, throw me in it, baby. You just, you just said we, we should yeah. open the door because we're going to get stampeded. Right, right, right. We don't have enough people helping us help the people that right. need the help. Right, right. So we black every day. Right. got to be Black Friday. Right, right, right. Right, right. People need help. They need what we do. Wow, wow. Um... Wow, how much time we got left? We got about 15 minutes left. You know, I'm definitely gonna get my license. Okay. Um, I've, go ahead. I've been pressing the young sorry, lady. Sorry, I missed that. Oh, sorry. Hey, Siri. Siri, girl. Shoot, you've been pressing this young lady to get her license. Yeah, I've been pressing this young lady that I met about four years ago to get her license. Uh huh. Um, 
back in Baltimore City. Uh, her sister just lost her third baby father. Um, where mm -hmm. it, it's it's crazy because all three of her 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 her, her children's father has been murdered by gun violence in Baltimore City. Wow. And the, the, the child is still unborn. But, it's, you know, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. But if, if just assuming if you have a family, you have brothers and sisters, get your license. You got people in your family, your own personal family, depending on you to get this license. I've, I've known her for about five years. And of those five years, no, my fault, three years. In those three years, she's lost at least eight males in her family where if all of them had a $250,000 policy for just 40 bucks a month, she probably would have brought in easily $1.5 million to her family. Dang, wow. She might have wow. been able to prevent the second two from passing away because they could have went into a totally different neighborhood. Right, I right. That. right, right. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's why they call it the trap. <laughs> or the projects. Exactly. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, death is inevitable. None of us getting out of here alive. Yeah. So I can't say that just because she would have moved, you just have that could that could have been their destiny. Right, right. That wouldn't necessarily have to be her destination. Right, she right. She would have to still be staying there. Yeah. That was her destiny or their destiny. Right. She don't have to be in the same destination. Right, right, you know, right. So. Yeah. And and to piggyback off what Andre was saying was insurance in general is just to protect against financial loss. You have to understand that everybody at their lowest point uh is gonna make somewhere between thirty thousand fifty thousand dollars a year over the next 30, 40 some odd years. So if you do that, even at 30 grand, that's anywhere from 900,000 to 1.5 million dollars that you're gonna uh, potentially own, uh, you're gonna actually gonna earn over the next 30 years. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the purpose of having a half a million dollars or a million dollar policy in place is that you're protecting that. So this is why you can't even start a conversation with 10,000 or $20,000 for life insurance. Your child, your husband, uh, they're worth $1.5 million and you need and, and honestly if you lose that $1.5 million your, your nephew pass away I mean your son pass away at 21 or 22 or your husband pass away at 35 you've basically just took $1.5 million dumped it completely down the drain and honestly it could take two or three generations to, to even think about rebuilding that, that and getting yeah. that money back yeah let me um, just piggyback too off of Damon because one of the ways I try to help people understand um, the importance of life insurance in general is that like I've been an analogy let's just say this 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 machine here this iPad let's just pretend it was an ATM machine okay it's in your house and I say Randy uh, every month this ATM is going to pay going to spit out enough money to take care of every bill you have and leave over maybe an extra five hundred to a thousand dollars a month so that you can do stuff for you and your family mm -hmm. every month without fail. Mm -hmm. All I need you to do is get this insurance policy mm -hmm. so that if it breaks, we'll fix it. If it dies, we'll replace it. Mm -hmm. Now every month without fail, it's going to pay whatever monthly amount you need plus an extra five hundred to a thousand dollars. Right. How hard would it be for me to convince you to get insurance on that ATM? Oh, nigga, I'm signing up. Correct. Yeah, I'm doing that ASAP. Well, what we're trying to tell people, you are the ATM for your family. Right, wow. Every yeah. month, you have a certain salary that comes in. Right, right, the right. The only way I can ensure that that salary comes in is to get insurance on 
the person or the thing that's bringing that salary in. Right. That's right. The, see, you would get it on the ATM. Right. Right. You just, I just need you to see that that's who you are to your family. Right. You are the ATM, ATM. to your kids. You yes. are the ATM to your wife or, or your husband. Right. So right. Why insure the machine when you got to insure the man or the woman instead? Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you got more insurance on your car than you got on your life, then why not sleep in a garage with the car? Because you obviously value the car more than you value your wife. Wow. Wow. You don't value life after that. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what we got it's a mindset. Life after death. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna hold a seminar with these two gentlemen. We're gonna call it Life After Death. Biggie <laughs> Listen I know today has been uh, It's been fun It's been educational It's been serious All jokes aside though Man I know the elite have a plan But at this point We're defeating ourselves If you don't grab this knowledge And do something about it Do me a favor <laughs> Do me a favor. Don't go to Walmart. Go to your nearest Walmart. <laughs> Buy yourself a, a, a rifle with the scope on it. Give it to your enemy. Jog down the street and let the enemy shoot you. And if you don't die, shoot yourself. All jokes aside, man. We really need to get our insurances, our policies right. We need to get our money right. We cannot fight against the people in power. We cannot fight against systematic oppression. We cannot fight against... We cannot build our community up without money or finances. We would rather buy Jordans. Look, let me tell you something about myself. I got people from Annapolis thinking I'm from Baltimore. I got people from Baltimore thinking I'm from Annapolis. I got people from Annapolis thinking I'm from the Eastern Shore. Like, I just tell people I'm from Maryland. That's it. And I like it that way because I never cared. I never cared about how I dressed. Of course, I had when I was, you know, I had J's and all that. But I didn't care about it. I didn't value that. I valued relationships that I had. I didn't value the clothes. Right now, I. I have three companies, but you can see me in some sweats and some loafers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care about that when you got people out here killing each other and dying over Jordans. And Jordan owned money in privatized prisons. So he's getting paid off of you buying his shoes, and then when you commit the crime because of the shoes, he's getting paid off you also. Um, and it's so crazy. You got police brutality that's being uh, exposed uh, again because you got to remember it never died out. It just was undercover for a little bit and so um because i remember uh when i was at my cousin uh curly house in greenmount avenue we woke up and it was riot police in the neighborhood um and they had curfew we like it felt like martial law for real like it was like that and um <laughs> and we had to walk out the back door and walk through uh old york and Cater to get to where we was trying to get at to get away from the riot police and it was no riot Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, the struggles was real. Um, but just to catch the 14, could they come back to Annapolis so that I can go home? Um, but I could have died then. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
it was so many times in my life I could have died. I, I could have died last year. I was in the hospital. Matter of fact, I had a life policy, so I was like, hey, Lord, if you ready to take me, I mean, I didn't see everything but you anyway. <laughs> I didn't had enough money. I didn't had enough monkey. <laughs> now, I didn't had all types of monkey. Lord. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, but seriously, don't 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 say that you for the population, you for the people, you against the elite. If you're not talking about building a financial base, an economic base, understanding how money flows and how it operates, you just talking, and you're stupid. I'm just get I, I get kind of fed up with people talking all this black power, black this and that, and you can't even support a black owned business. You can't even get a life policy on yourself to support your family, to, to secure your own income. If something happened to you, like for me, if you're going to talk all this stuff about building and fighting against the elite and building all this stuff and, and fighting against systematic oppression, get your money right. It's just that simple. Get your money right. If you're not getting, they destroyed us by money. Pins win wars. Not the guns. Pins win by law, in certain states, if you are a Native American or a black person, if you are in a group of three or more of you, you are considered a gang and the police have a right to arrest you. By law, in certain states. They have a right by law that if you're walking towards them when they say, when they say, come if they say, if they say, put your hands up. If you take a step forward, by law, in certain states, they have a right to shoot you. Which is why a lot of these cops are getting off, and there's a lot of riots going on, but nobody understands the laws that the pen have wrote. How do we change that? By placing someone in position of power to do that. Well, how do you do that? Money. Campaign. Money. Here, look. Obama was the president for all homosexuals. He did nothing but black people. He was a homosexual president. The homosexual agenda gave him the money to run his campaign. So what did he do? He passed laws that benefited who? Gays. Oh, he's a black man. Did you put your black dollars in that? Are you still living paycheck by paycheck? Come on, man. We got to wake up, man. We got to wake up. Anybody got any final thoughts, words, comments, where they can reach y'all, man? I'm, I'm pissed off right now, man. Y'all done got me disturbed in this joint, man. Go ahead, man. Again, you can find me. Um, I do predominantly most of my work on Facebook, um, sharing videos, um, dropping daily financial tips. Uh, Damien Tucker, D-A-M-I-A-N Tucker, T-U-C-K-E-R. And you can also find me on the gram at sense, C-E-N-T-S, underscore, underscore. Again, Andre Crawley. Just find me on Facebook. You can see me on there every day posting a message. Inbox me or call me on my cell phone directly, 410-365-3267. And just remember, um, ignorance is like a disease. You know, it's usually trans transferred or transported from one human to the next. So, you know, I'll come to you with what I know or what I don't know, and then it impacts your life the same kind of way. So the things I don't know, 
hurting you and the things that you don't know can end up hurting me. So I tell people the biggest gift that we can give each other is the gift of self-development. Mm -hmm. I take care of me for you, mm -hmm. you take care of you for me. Mm -hmm. And the best way for us to take care of each other is to get out of that state of ignorance and get educated about all of the things that we need to know in order to help us grow. Right? So everybody's going through something, but are you growing through something? Right, wow. You know? Yeah. Ladies. Appreciate you having me on, and I'm sure Damien does the same, man. Oh yeah, Enjoy yeah, for sure. Great time, for sure. You know, it's crazy, man. Um, it's like hearing y'all talk is inspiring someone like me. You know what I'm saying? It 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 makes me realize life has to be structured. Everything has to be planned out from time management to money has to be planned out. I'm a very wise dude. A lot of people that are on TV that are giving lectures get their information from me. And I'm looking at it like, wow, why is everyone else benefiting off of me, but I'm not benefiting off of me? You know what I'm saying? And how can I love my neighbor? as myself if I'm not showing myself love you know what I'm saying so the same thing applies to everything we just said how can you say you love your life how can you say you love your family if you're not doing anything to protect all of that um I'll say it like this man it's kinda like you playing for the for the NFL you going for the first game of the season and you have no pads or no helmet on. Soon as you get hit with something with a big shot, you out the game. And the sad part is you can't go get treatment because you didn't have time to set up a policy for yourself. I've lost a lot of homeboys that I grew up with. I've lost a lot of adult family members and maybe two of them had life policies um, and if I go to another black funeral and the family has to scramble money to pay for a few like Damien said cremate me throw my body in the ocean somewhere I don't give I'm gone I, I want to be immortal listen let me, let me explain that I want to be immortal if I'm a god I want to have immortality and my immortality and my legacy is this I want my name to ring out through the generations of my offsprings because I set them up for good for success that's how you build a leg that's how you become immortal your name rings throughout time because of the things that you set in place that are still affecting people after you're dead Malcolm X is a legend because after he died we're still learning from this nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we... Anyway, go ahead. DT, Lady J, go ahead. I'm done, man. Y'all, I'm disturbed right now, man. Yeah, you were, you were asking how the banks have, you know, one up on us. And I think they are ensuring that the average population is not going to read. That's how they can get away with all these crazy, ridiculous, high interest rates is because they are counting on you not to read. 
And although life insurance is one avenue to create future wealth, it doesn't create wealth in this in your own life, but it might create wealth in your future generation. One one way I want you to concentrate is the definition of wealth is not working eight hours a day. The definition of wealth is having your money work for you. So you have to read and you have to find an avenue that's comfortable for you that while you're sleeping, your money is working. So that could be maybe you can only afford $30 a month to buy gold. Well, you know, historically gold is always going to go up because there's a finite amount of gold, okay? That might be one way. Um, With regard to the stock market, you know, you can't play the stock market like it's a slot machine. There are a lot of, there are three or four big publications out there that they tell you what are the up-and-coming trends, what are the losers, what are the ones that are not going to move so fast, and you have to read and purchase accordingly. Or maybe you have created a product or service and you put it online, like for myself, I've written a few books. You know, yes, there was time and effort to put the books, you know, up there to get them published, but once they're now published, I can go to sleep and somebody can buy that book at 2 in the morning. So you have to find ways that will generate wealth while you're asleep. You have to make your money work for you. And one of the best ways to do that, of course, it's great and, and humbling and makes you feel really proud to give to your loved ones. But at the beginning of the month, you have to give to yourself. Even if you only commit to $30 a month or whatever it is, you have to write that check to yourself. You have to make that transfer to yourself that I am going to invest in myself because I'm important too. Like when you're flying on the airlines, they always say if there's a crisis, pull down your oxygen mask for you, the parent, first. Because if you die, how are you going to help the kid? You put on your own oxygen mask first, and then you put on the kid's oxygen mask. And you have to treat your money the same way. You've got to put in, you know, whatever your investment strategy is, you got to do that first before you can help others and your family members. So that's my little spiel on how to, how to regenerate. So um, I hope you guys will listen to my show. I have a radio show. It's every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. 3 p.m. Oh, go ahead. What's I that? Got, I got excited. I said every Wednesday. Go ahead. Every Wednesday, yeah. <laughs> 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. It's called the Men's Advocate Show. The Men's Advocate Show. You, If you're in the Los Angeles area, you can listen to me terrestrially. Um, otherwise, for you guys on the East Coast or anywhere else, uh, we have a live stream, and we also have on-demand, so there's no excuse. You can listen anywhere in the world, anytime you want, any hour of the day. Check it out, the Men's Advocate Show. I have a mobile app that makes all of this nice and easy for you. Check out my one-on-one coaching, and check out my books her mobile on app, Amazon. Her mobile app and a link to her books are on my website as well as her website. Um, of course, you can go to Chew On That. That's C H O O dash O not O N dash T H A T dot com. Uh, click on her uh, picture. 
it'll take you to her page where it has all her information, her radio show, her mobile app, her books. You can click on it, it'll link you right to everything. Or you can go to dt4m.com. And that's Linda's. The number four. Yes, the number four. Um, say that again, Linda. Yeah, dt4m.com. Uh, my Twitter is also dt4m. It's short for Dating Tips for Men. Nice. You yeah. know, ladies and gentlemen, I've been flirting with Linda on air for the past three shows. <laughs> I think I'm going to continue for the next three. Lady J, talk to us. Uh, I guess not. I, I'll just finish it out with It's All About Mine. Um, I know for myself it's been about coming up out of a poverty mindset mm-hmm. and allowing myself to be aligned with an energy of abundance. And so it's hard to align, allow yourself to be aligned with the energy of abundance when you've been so accustomed to things being in a broke status. Right, so right. I would just say fix the break, th- fix the things that are broken down in your life, and one of those things typically is financial um, intelligence. And these two men just brought a lot of knowledge to it. So, if you are a female and you was listening to this show, get woke. Um, please get some insurance for that monkey. And I would pause and say go to the doctor. Because the other part of getting insurance is you need to be healthy. And you want to start out young having insurance as well. Because that's the battle me and my husband have been going through. Is we didn't even know that there was anything wrong with him until we went to go and get life insurance. So we're still in that battle. Uh, but just go to the doctors and get you some insurance. Ladies and gentlemen. Today's show uh, has been amazing. We went five minutes over, but who cares? Because I run this. What? I said I run this. What? Okay. Um, <laughs> next week, we're going to talk about relationship insurance. <laughs> Wait, I'm not ready. Pull out a policy <laughs> on your significant other. Contract. <laughs> That's pre no. Mean. That you don't love the person you're trying to marry. We're gonna talk about all that. Shout out to Janet Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most <laughs> blue out monkeys in the industry has just received five hundred million. Mm. For what? <sighs> For five years and two months. The contract state. And when I, I say contract really, that's how long the relationship. Yeah. She had up to five years, right? And then she lasted two more months after the five years, and she left and got that money. As if she didn't know she wanted to leave the four years of life. Right, right, right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, I need to get woke, because I ain't even hear about this. Ladies and gentlemen, women like Janet Jackson and Mariah Carey. <laughs> Hustle that monkey. It's your boy, Randy Chew, a.k.a. Mr. Chew on that. See y'all next week. We out. Choo choo. Why you put me in? But say you smell marijuana. I smell in the gas. I said I got an idea. I got glaucoma. I got an idea. He said we ain't in Kelly, nigga. Get out of your hands up. Oh. Running real hard, shake the tape, shake the tape. Running real hard, shake the tape, shake the tape. I told the king we split up, we gon' shake him. Split up. Nigga, hit my phone when you made it. Out of here, PJ to Jamaica. Out of here.
one for the shadow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. from the cracks to the concrete. concrete. Well, try to take a nigga off the street. Let the gun sound off a of Mike Brown. Take a nigga light when you fade down. Put a gang strong like Trayvon. Gun by the woman like the track red. Bring that shit round a nigga my wood. And I felt a nigga ass in your dead. Pig in the blanket. What would you think? Put that nigga both seat. Running at the police. Loving with a slow leaf. Right the side PC. Trying to keep the like DC. Hanging out the G like freak me. Kill a nigga reaching for a cell phone. Hurt to tell him mama he ain't coming home. Cause that you nervous Black man, Black man. Running from the law like Pat man Try to throw the roll in the trash can Got smoked by a cop on the dash can Mug shot on the news here, mad man When all he did was test with a really cash in Defeated kids in jail, me wasn't cracking Too many felonies on my jacket All of my brothers turned to assassins We seen too many brothers get put in caskets Too many young baby mothers and baby daddies In the graveyard back there I went from sitting on the clock in the cash man Should've seen how I flossed on the last year. I had two make backs and I had a bad year. Yeah, nigga, count money like a cash in. White man wanna pat me like a mule no. Niggas wanna see me at my funeral. You there, my own homie wanna do me though. Layin' on my dog crib like a Snoopy though. Got my nigga on, nigga wanna do it though. Fun do it, shit, I know he gon' do me though. Cause he broke and he trimmed by a stupid hoe. But I'm dying just like motherfuckin' Julio. Black man. Black man. Drop top. They go to cops. They go to cops. They go to cops. Is 